This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Amen. Praise God. Let's please be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, we have Christ the healer. That's the subject we're looking at this week. Christ the healer. And um, we'll just trust God. He'll speak to our hearts. We'll be enlightened through his word. And, um, and the sick will also be healed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, um, four different um, we'll be um, emphasizing. First, the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. The fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. Then second, we'll look at methods of obtaining healing. Methods of obtaining healing. Third, we'll look at roadblocks to healing. Last, we'll look at how to keep your healing. And walk in health. So those are the four main things we'll be looking at in the course of this study. Obviously, we're going to start today, and that might be all we'll look at today, the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're such a good father. Thank you for your most precious word, your holy written word. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you for the great and mighty one, the Holy Spirit, whom you sent to be our teacher and to be our guide. I make bold to say that he will live big in me. He will rise big in me. He will think through my mind. He'll speak through my lips. He will act through my deeds. He will unveil, unfold, and reveal the word of God to our spirits. Thank you because we are open to the moving of your spirit. We will not leave the same. We'll be impacted by you. We'll know how to take a hold of our healing and we'll walk in health. Thank you because this taster session, this class, will be a turning point in the lives of men. Terminal diseases will be healed. Chronic conditions will be over. Thank you because we, your people, we will walk in health. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we are going to start with the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. The fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. Now, um, when it comes to the subject of healing, that is where most people have a hang up. They are not sure whether their healing is God's will. That's the problem that most people have. If that question can get answered in people's hearts, most of the battle is already fought and won. 
Now, we know for one that faith begins where the will of God is known. And um, we can't believe beyond actual knowledge. Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God is the basis of our faith. Amen. So the more of God's word we'll know, the easier it will be for us to trust him and act on his word. And um, many times, sometimes it's the result of things that people have heard said, even from the pulpit, sometimes religious tradition, sometimes just superstition, just um, wrong thinking, you know? Somewhere at the back of people's minds, this idea locks that, well, perhaps God is using this thing to teach me something. Maybe my healing just may not be God's will. But we want to answer that question. Is healing always God's will for the sick? Absolutely so. Now, John 15, 7 says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, it says, He shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So we need to have God's word in our hearts before we can pray intelligently and expect the answers. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, the only time we'll be able to pray with confidence that God hears us is when we pray in line with his will. So let's settle that issue once and for all concerning God's will where bodily healing is concerned. Now I'm going to give a number of reasons. I'll give seven main reasons why you can be absolutely certain that healing is always God's will for you. Healing is always God's will for the sick. Whether that sick one be, be a saint or he be a sinner, it doesn't matter. Healing is still the will of God. For every single person. First and foremost reason. Why we can be absolutely certain. That healing is God's will for us. Is the fact that healing is in God's plan of redemption. Healing is in God's plan of redemption. First reason. Why we can be absolutely certain. That healing is always God's will for the sick. Is because healing. Is in God's plan of redemption. The finished work of redemption. That's our first and foremost reason. Now, the word of God says in Isaiah chapter 53, I'll just turn there, Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, it says, surely, and I like that, not maybe so, not let's hope so, not let's assume so, surely, certainly, for a fact, he hath borne our griefs. Now, the word griefs there, the Hebrew word griefs there, happens to be the word makob. M-A-K-O-B. That's how it's pronounced. Makob. Surely he has borne our griefs. That Hebrew word is makob. And makob literally means sicknesses or diseases. Sicknesses or diseases. It says, and carried our sorrows. That word sorrows is the word koli. Koli literally means pains. It says, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. 
Now, this is Isaiah. He was prophesying about the coming Messiah. Jesus had not yet come. This was like over 700 years before Jesus showed up. And he was talking about the fact that Jesus was going to die, but he wasn't only going to die for our sins. He was also going to die for our sicknesses. The truth is, it's as easy to get healed as it is to get saved. It's as easy to get healed as it is to receive forgiveness of sins. Because the same redemptive work that dealt with the sin problem of mankind dealt with the sickness problem. Same redemptive work. Same redemptive work. You see, he was our substitute. Jesus did not die as a matter. No. He died in our stead. He died in our place. You see, it wasn't what the angry mob did. It wasn't what the Roman soldiers did. It was what God himself did. God laid our sin nature upon Jesus. Not only did he lay our sin nature upon him, he laid our sins upon him as well. And then he laid our diseases upon him, upon his spirit. Now, Jesus' physical body was broken for our own physical sustenance. Amen. So healing is part and parcel of the redemptive work. Heard someone say the other time, they say, well, we, we don't preach healing, we just preach the gospel. Interesting. There's no such thing as a gospel that doesn't have healing in it. Because healing is part and parcel of the gospel. There's no separating healing from Christ. In Acts chapter 8, from verse 5 to 8, talking about Philip in Samaria. It says Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Well, what did Philip preach? He preached Christ. And the Bible says the people gave heed with one accord. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. It says for unclean spirits, crying out with loud voices, came out of many that were possessed. Many that were lame and had the palsy were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Notice that all the guy did was to preach Christ. And Christ showed up. Because there's no separation of Christ from healing. He's the healer. He's the healer. Amen. So in that work of redemption, he took not only our sins, he bore our diseases too. I like the way David Ingalls sang in a song of his. He said, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Amen. The new birth for the human spirit and healing for the physical body. They are one and the same, part of the redemptive work. Praise God. It's like a coin. It has two sides. On one side is the new birth. On the other side is divine healing. Amen. So that's one witness. Notice it says, with his stripes we are healed. So it's clear. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. He was our substitute. He took it. And why did he take it? So we won't have to take it. Now, Matthew 18, 16, as well as 2 Corinthians 13, 1, say that in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now, that's one witness I've given. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, to show that healing is part and parcel of the redemptive work. Now, can I prove it with some more scriptures? Certainly. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And in verse 17. Matthew 8, 17. It says there that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, Matthew was quoting Isaiah. And he says that 
he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. Now, if he has taken yours and mine, and I still have some with me, is it mine? He took my sicknesses, right? He took your diseases. He carried them. He has already taken them. Now, if you have some sickness on you, is it your own? No, it's not your own. Now, I want to ask you a question. What do we call people that hold on to things that are not theirs? Anybody who is such hair? No, it's not your stuff. So if the devil is trying to put sickness and disease on you, he doesn't have such a right. Jesus took your sicknesses. Jesus bore your diseases. And you see, these things are not written in the Bible just to fill up space. You know, maybe God wanted his book to be, his holy book to be a big book so he can compete with other so-called holy books. No. He said it because he meant it. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He carried them. He took them. It denotes actual substitution. So, if you want to count that as two separate witnesses, because Matthew is referring to Isaiah. So those are two witnesses, Isaiah and Matthew. That's two witnesses. We already have our two witnesses. But if you like to say, well, it's Isaiah that really said it. Matthew was just talking about what Isaiah said. Then it's one witness we have still. 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter 2, 24. It says there that who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. You know that's not a promise. It's not a promise. You know God did not promise to heal you. In actual fact, God is not going to heal you. You know why? He already has. He already has. By his stripes we were healed. Now when were we healed? When those stripes were laid on him. Now the Greek word for stripes there happens to be the word molopsi. Molopsi. And it means a singular bruise. A singular bruise. Now, different scholars see that a bit differently. Some say he was so lacerated with those 39 stripes that they appeared as a singular one. You know, by the time stripes are so close to each other, you know, it just looks like one just one. Well, there might be some merit there, but actually it wasn't just the physical beating. It was really what God did. God laid our diseases upon him. God put our sicknesses upon him. He bore them. Now somebody says, well, if healing is always God's will for the sick, how come I know of Reverend so-and-so? He died at age 35 of terminal cancer. I know of brother so-and-so. He died at age 54 of a heart disease. I know of so-and-so. And you could tell me so many so-and-sos. But I just will ask a question. Are there some sinners who are dying right now and going to hell? Yes, sir. Does that mean that salvation is not God's will for them? No, salvation is God's will for them. How come then they didn't receive it? Well, they either didn't know it or they knew it but didn't act on it. Yeah. Amen. You see, healing is always God's will for the sick. Are there times when people don't receive their healing? Absolutely. Is it God's fault? Never. Never God's fault. Never God's fault. 
You know, sometimes you don't really know what a person believes. You know, there are times you think somebody is in faith. Really, they are not. I'm thinking now of a certain situation. This happened in the 90s. There was this man, he had cancer, terminal cancer. Cancer of the blood. Mid-90s. Now, what was he saying? He was saying, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. Now, of course, if he doesn't have cancer, then he doesn't need healing for cancer. Right? Of course, you know what happened to him. He died. And then somebody will say, but I know that man. He believed God. Was that really believing God? That wasn't faith. That was denial. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus did not say, whosoever shall say, there's no mountain. Is that what he said? No. no, he said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So before you can move a mountain, you've got to realize there is a mountain. Sometimes you need to know exactly what the mountain is, and then you address it. It's just like a sinner. You go to meet a sinner, and you tell him he can receive Jesus into his heart and get saved. And he tells you, no, that's not my confession. My confession is, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. Then you know what I'll tell him? Then you don't need a savior. Then you're going to die just like you are. So sometimes people think they're in faith. They're not. I'm thinking of another story. Reverend Scott Webb, his dad was ill. Very ill. Was in the hospital. He'll go to meet his father. And his father will just, you know, just tell him, look, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. And he thought his dad was with him, that he was on the same page. And then, to his utter dismay, his daddy died. After his dad died, he wondered, what happened? We were together. He was speaking the word. You know. Then um, the dad's lawyer called him and said, well, there's something I need you to know. You see, those times when you come, meet your dad, and he'll just um, seem to go along with you, he was just humoring you. Because after you left, he called me. And he said, well, my son just left. If I don't seem to go along with him, he won't let me rest. And then he told him, look, he knows he's going to die. He's going to die shortly. He's just trying to put everything together so that after his death, but somebody who sees that will say, wow, that man believed God and he didn't work. Look, there's no such thing. It's impossible. If you acted on the word of God and it didn't work, then somebody will have to repent. Because somebody lied. You either lied or God did. But listen, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Numbers 23, 19. As he said it and shall he not do it. As he spoken it and shall he not make it good. Healing is always God's will for the sick. Because it is in the redemptive plan. Now somebody said, where the Bible says by whose stripes you were healed. That it was just talking about being healed spiritually. That we are healed spiritually. That's talking about the spirit of the sinner being healed. Now, to say that is to insult my intelligence. First and foremost, the new birth is not a healing of the human spirit. It's a rebirth. Now, if I had a, a boil on my nose and the boil got healed, will I still have a nose? I'll still have a nose. But the boil will be gone. Because healing is a renewal of the body from a diseased condition. Do you see that? But what's the new birth? The new birth is an actual rebirth of the human spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the new birth is a rebirth of the human spirit. You are not the same old man you used to be. You are a brand new man. 
That's not a healing. That's a rebirth. Jeremiah 31, 31. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. God talks about taking away the stony heart out of our flesh, putting a heart of flesh, then putting his spirit within us. You see, that's the new birth. That's not spiritual healing. There's no such thing as spiritual healing like they say. Now, the only sense in which divine healing is spiritual healing is that God, who is a spirit, is the one doing the healing. But it's not our spirits that get healed. It's our bodies. Do you see that? Besides, when the Bible says, by whose stripes you were healed, the Greek word for healed there, now I know this is not a Greek class, but that word happens to be the word Iomai. Iomai is the same word that was used talking about the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. Where the Bible says her faith made her whole. Go in peace, be whole of thy plague. It was Iomai that was used talking about that lady. If I may touch what is clothes, I shall be whole. Iomai was used. Now, was that lady healed spiritually? No. She had an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging for 12 years. And the issue of blood stopped. She was physically healed. It wasn't that spirit. It was physical healing. So when the Bible says, by whose stripes you were healed, it's talking about our physical bodies. You see, bodily healing is part and parcel of the finished work of redemption. He died not only for our sins, but also for our sicknesses. He took them. He bore them. He carried them away. Why did he do that? So that we wouldn't have to bear them. So that we wouldn't have to carry them. You see, the cause of our diseases, the cause of our sicknesses was dealt upon Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, he was made sin for us. In the same way he was made sin, it pleased God, Isaiah 53, verse 10, to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. He hath made him sick. He made him sick for me. When? On that cross. On that cross. Amen. He bore our pains. He carried our diseases. So we don't have to bear them. Listen, it's the will of God, our Father, that every Christian should simply live their lives out without sickness and disease. And at a good old age, just fall asleep in Jesus if he tarries his coming. You say, what if I'm in my 80s and I've got this condition that is terminal? Well, get healed first and then die if you want to. But don't die of sickness. Don't die of sickness. It's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. Just like we want to obey God's will, right? We want to follow God's plans. We want to be obedient to his will and obey his will in all areas of our lives. One of such areas is in the area of bodily healing. That's his will for us. Now, that's two or three witnesses, isn't it? If you're counting Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and Matthew 8, 17 as one witness, and then 1 Peter 2, 24 becomes the second witness, that's two. If you're counting them as separate witnesses, when we have our three witnesses, so we have our two or three witnesses, so it's established. But do you know, apart from those scriptures, and believe me, that's the most important thing we should know, the principal thing we should know about healing, that healing is God's will for us because it is in the redemptive plan. Now, apart from those scriptures, I could prove from other scriptures that healing is God's will because it's in the redemptive plan. For instance, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 
The Bible says there that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, what's the curse of the law? The only way to find out is to go to the law and find out what its curse was. The consequence for the broken law of God. We discover it's threefold. The first part of it was spiritual death. God had said to Adam, of all the trees in the garden, you may freely eat. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. The day you eat of it, in dying you will die. Amen. Well, Adam committed high treason. So spiritual death is the first part of that curse. Well, what other parts of that curse are? If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, from verses 1 to 14, the Bible talks about blessings for keeping God's law. Then from verse 15 to verse 68, curses are listed for breaking God's law. Really, not as though God is cursing, but the consequences for breaking God's law. See, God gave us the protective umbrella of his word. Provided we stay under that protective umbrella, then the devil can't hit at us. But the moment we move away from God's protective umbrella, the covering of his word, we're over in the devil's territory, where the devil can attack us. So that's the sense of it. Now, if you look those verses up, and I did, you'll discover that there are 11 disease conditions that are specifically mentioned in Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. 11. Tuberculosis is there. Madness is there. Blindness is there. You know, skin disease that can't be healed is there. Hemorrhoids is there. You know, 11 conditions are specifically mentioned. But this is the deal. In verse 61, he now said, and every sickness and every disease that is not mentioned in this book or in the book of this law will the Lord bring, actually permits to come upon you. Now, it's like I say, well, this brother that's seated here, this sister that's seated here, and this brother that's here, as well as this other brother and every other person that's in this room. I may just as well say everybody. So he says, these 11 conditions that I've mentioned and every other condition, a disease condition that I haven't mentioned. That's everyone, isn't it? So every sickness and every disease is a part of the curse of the law, according to Deuteronomy 28.61. But according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, we no longer need to have or ought to have any of those conditions. Amen. We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed from the consequence of God's broken law, which includes sickness and disease. So it's in the redemptive work. It's in the redemptive work. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. The Bible says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. He says, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, the same price that bought our body bought our spirit. The same price that bought our spirit bought our body. What was that price? The precious blood of Jesus. Now let me ask you something. What would you think of somebody who was living as a prostitute? Would you think of that person glorifying God in their body? Would you think so? Now, the truth is, there isn't much difference between somebody living that way and somebody who's tolerating sickness in their body. Both of them are guilty of the same thing. They are not glorifying God in their bodies. How about us seeing sickness that way? How about us seeing disease that way? 
it's an instruction to walk in health. Yes, it's a blessing. But you see, we glorify God in our bodies. It's part of honoring him. You know, the Bible says we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Holy, acceptable to him. Part of how we are to present our bodies is to present them healthy. 1 Corinthians 9.27, but I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. To subjection to what? To my recreated spirit. The life of God is in my spirit. If I keep my body under subjection to my recreated spirit, the life that's in my spirit will be made manifest in my body. And it's going to be healthy. Yeah. Romans 8.11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. See, this issue of healing... I want us to give it a square deal. Are you listening to me? I want us to give it a square deal. Learn it. Master it. Put it under your belt. Amen. Get a grip of it. You see, the essence of this class is that you learn God's word about healing and you walk in it. I want to see people 20 years time, 30 years time say, you know what? The turning point for me was that class 30 years ago. The turning, turning point for me was that class 50 years ago. I haven't had a headache since then. See, that's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. James wrote, James 5.14. He said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Word church there is ecclesia, the called out ones. You don't want to go to many churches today and say, is any sick among you? You want to, you really feel like saying, is any well among you? Because it looks like they're all sick. Really, there shouldn't be any sick among us. It shouldn't be. It's an aberration. If you're a pastor, get your folks healed. Amen. Keep them healed. Get them healthy. Get after it. Right. Amen. Amen. It doesn't make God look good. You know, you go to churches, you call a healing line, 70%, sometimes 90%, sometimes 95% of the people come out. It doesn't make you look good. It doesn't make God look good with all his kids being so sick. I mean, that's an aberration. It's an anomaly. How are we going to fix it? By teaching them the word of God. When you know God's word yourself. Listen. I've been married for a while. My wife has never seen me sick. She never will. Amen. I haven't had a headache in decades. Now I'm not bragging on me. No, I'm bragging on the word. Now, if I was sick and I couldn't get healed any other way or by taking medication, I'll be glad to take it and I won't feel condemned about it. Are you listening to me? But it's just this. If something is God's best, I want to walk in it. I don't want to get to heaven and then some people are talking about how they walked in health and I'm saying, hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't want to get to Jesus and Jesus tells me, you see, part of the reason I died was so you can have a well body. And then I make light of what he did. And I say, well, but you know, those doctors are really good. You know, I patronize them well. I spend millions of dollars, you know. Thank God for, you see, it's not the devil that gave medical science that knowledge. God did. Do you understand? The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 9, in the Amplified Bible, the last part of that verse, it says, he that doesn't use all his endeavors to heal himself is partner to him that commits suicide. Are you listening? So I'm not against medical science. I'm not against medical knowledge. But it's just that medical science is limited. If that's what your faith is in, what of the day when they give you a prognosis and a diagnosis and medical science says there's nothing we can do about it? Why not learn about healing then? E.W. Kenyon, he pastored a church in 24 years. Nobody was sick. If they got attacked in body, they acted on God's word for themselves. At the best, they laid hands on each other. Amen. 
When he was going to take on the pastorate of that church, he looked at their Sunday school quarterly. And what they taught them in Sunday school, he looked at it. He said, no wonder you guys are so always sick. Yes. He said, I'll take up the pastorate on one condition. See this, everything you are using to teach your Sunday school will burn it. Bonfire. 13 weeks out of 52 Sunday school, they taught on divine healing. And they taught the same thing from the cradle to the adult class. They looked for teachers who could explain it in the simplest of terms to those young children. So they learned healing from their youth. See, that's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. These days, you know, uh, imagine me coming here to teach about divine healing and I have to take five tablets of so many things so I can talk about divine healing. Now, I'm not against medical science. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying that if God has something that is his best, I want to take advantage of it. And that's how it ought to be. He wants us well. He wants us well. He wants us well. Let's give this thing a square deal. See, the number one cause of premature death is sickness and disease. If you can master working in health, the likelihood that you will live long is already over 60%. Now, there are other causes, but at least you've dealt with the main one. And God wants us to live long. Of what use is it getting all this revelation knowledge and the devil caught you in your prime? And then you're not able to fulfill your destiny. And then you go to heaven with all that knowledge, with all of God's grace on your life because of cancer, because of whatever. Or you are incapacitated because you have, you have high blood pressure or you have diabetes and you're incapacitated from being all that you can be for God and serve him with, with all your strength because of disease. It's not good. It's not good. It's not, it's not right. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair on redemption. It's not fair on Jesus. It doesn't make God look good. I want to make some of you angry. I want to make you angry enough. Angry enough. I, I want to make you mad. Wigglesworth said, I got a message from heaven. He won't leave you the way I met you. It'll make you sad or make you mad or make you glad. Amen. Praise God. I want to make some of you mad. Mad enough to stand against that stuff. Glory to God. Stand against it. Stop budding up with it. Stop budding up. Eh, it's my asthma. It's my asthma. Eh, you know, you know, this is my own. It's my rheumatism. It's my rheumatism. Jesus took your own. It's not your own. Amen. It is in the redemptive plan. It is in the redemptive plan. First Corinthians 5.7 says, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Remember in Exodus 11 and 12, how they took that Passover lamb, they slaughtered that animal, had it roasted, they applied the blood on the lintel, amen, and they ate it with their shoes on, their belts girded, ready to move. And the Bible says in Psalm 105 verse 37, that God brought them out with silver and with gold, and there was not one, not one, not one, feeble person among their tribes, here some of us are shouting that, oh, law, law people, law, law people. We're in grace. Law, law people, law, law people. The law people, not one was feeble among their tribes. Based on the blood of bulls and goats, what are we doing based on the blood of God? If they, in a covenant not as good as ours, not one feeble person, not one. And there were 600,000 foot men. They must have been at least 2 million people. Imagine a church of 2 million people. And you go there to preach and you say, well, if you are here, you are sick and you need healing, come forward. And there's nobody that comes. That's how it ought to be. 
That was in the old covenant. Now, if you're a pastor, I'm talking to you. God wants your people well. What are you doing about that? Amen. Well, and if you're a church member, God wants you well. Even if you're a sinner, listen. Jesus died for your sins as well as he died for your diseases. If you're not ready to receive the new birth, and you ought to be, that's the primary thing. That's what's most important. But you know what? He can even heal you on credit. He can. He can. In Acts 14, Acts 14, 7 to 10, the Bible says, and there they preach the gospel, talking about Lystra. And there sat a certain man, impotent at his feet, being a cripple of his mother's womb, the same who heard Paul speaking, who said, fastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. The Bible says he leaped and walked. From all indications, that man was a heathen man. He was a sinner man. Paul hadn't yet made an altar call. He, he just got to Lystra. He was still preaching the gospel. He hadn't led them in sinner's prayer. But the guy must have heard what the gospel that Paul preached. It must have been not the kind of gospel some people are trying to tell us is the gospel. He must have been preaching the gospel. Not an, a watered-down version. When the last apostle died, healing died. God did those miracles just to establish the early church. That's cessation theory. You know what it is? It's just a theory. My definition of a theory is supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. That's a theory. That's all it is. Hebrews 13, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. What he did yesterday, he'll do today. He hasn't changed. It's the same God. His attitude towards sin is the same. His attitude towards uh, evil is the same. Listen, his attitude towards sickness is the same. We'll be back in 10 minutes. information and inquiries please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163